Welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church, and we are in a sermon series called Lost as we take a look at how God wants us to use our money. Most Americans are lost when it comes to our finances. We have too much debt, and each month we experience significant financial pressure. Jesus and the rest of the Bible say too much about finances and money for us to be lost financially. My prayer is that this series will help you take the first steps in becoming a good manager, a good steward of the resources that God has given to you. Now let's get into the sermon. are rescued talking about being lost financially so uh, have you ever seen those clips video clips on on youtube or facebook or uh, of a deployed person coming home and they surprise their family or there's that surprise you know like like you it's hard to watch one of those videos and not have a tear start running down your cheek, right? They're just so emotional. And one of the reasons that they're emotional is because you can see the excitement of the person coming home. Like they haven't been home in such a long time. They've been in an unfamiliar place and now they're in some place that's familiar and they're seeing people in person that they haven't seen for a very long time and there's that excitement there. But there's also an excitement to those who are at home, right? Who are seeing this person for the first time in months and maybe years, like there's that excitement. There's a joy to coming home. It's good to come home. Now, even when I've been gone just a few days, you know, like when, when I've gone for a week at, in Colorado hiking and come home and just the welcome that I received from Jenny and the kids like there's a joy to coming home and being with your family and being in a place that you know this is where I belong and so we've been talking about being lost financially and by that I mean that we find ourselves in a place where we lack trust where we lack commitment or contentment, where we lack contentment and we lack the stewardship that God wants us to have, we, we, we feel like, man, this is not where God wants us to be. We've talked about how many of us experience significant financial pressure every single month. And remember, it's not just you, it's us as a nation. So most Americans are lost financially. So remember, we, we've talked about these statistics before. 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Credit card balances jumped in the month of November, November 2022, by 15%. So how are people surviving in this time of inflation? They're putting it on their credit card. That's what's happening, hoping that things might change back and things might get back to quote-unquote normal. 
77% of Americans feel anxious about their finances. 77%. And this was back in December. Like 77% of us are feeling anxious about where we are with our finances. 58% of Americans feel like finances control their lives. This is what it looks like to be lost financially. America might be made up of people who are lost financially, but Jesus talked way too much about money. The Bible talks way too much about money for us to be lost financially. So remember, this was week number one. Money is a spiritual issue. It's not just a physical issue. It's not just a separate part of our lives. Money is a spiritual issue. It competes. It might be the number one thing that competes with God for our loyalty and our worship. Jesus calls it out. He says, you can't serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. You're going to love the one and hate the other. So money is a, is a spiritual issue. So if we're going to get unlost financially, we need to have a change of perspective. We need to see things differently. And I contend the way that we need to rewire our thinking when it comes to money is to remember to see that everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Everything is God's. God is the one who gives us money. In other words, money is a loan that God gives to us. It's a tool that he wants us to use in order to love him and to love our neighbors. He blesses us with this gift, with this loan, right? So that we can be a blessing to those around us. So since money belongs to God, that means we are God's managers, or the good church word we use is stewards. We are God's stewards of his money, of what he has given to us. And for us to be a good steward means that we need to have a plan. What are we going to do with this thing that God has given to us? How are we to use it? How are we to take care of it? And so that plan to use God's money well is called a budget. A budget should allow us to do these three things. It should allow us to give, right? This is so crucial to remember when it comes to have a Christian you of money. The very first thing that we should look at when it comes to money is that it is given, the, given to us to give. That God blesses us so that we can bless those around us. So whatever plan that we come up with needs to allow us to give, to be generous with what God has given to us. The second thing it needs to allow us to do is to save, right? Because God gives to us 
so that we can provide for the things that we need to take care of our responsibilities. So the money God gives us is the primary way God blesses us, provides for us to meet our needs. And so we want to save some of that so that we would be able to continue to meet our responsibilities, to meet our needs in the future. Right? Solomon uses the example of the ant in Proverbs. Like he says, take a look at the ant. They work all summer to store up for the winter. Be like the ant. Save some of what God has given to you to store up for the winter. To have provision for that rainy day. So in a way, we look at the, what God has generously given to us as a way that God provides even for our future needs as we take good care of it and we save some of that aside for that eventuality. And then the third thing that it needs to let us do is to live on the rest. We should have, this budget should allow us to have enough to meet our daily needs. Doesn't always mean that we will get whatever we want to have, but that it will give us what we need to live day by day. As Dave Ramsey fondly says, he says, we need to act our wage, right? That we need to live on the rest, that this is what God has given to us. And so this is how we are to live. Our, our wage determines our lifestyle. We don't determine what our lifestyle is going to look like and then try to take all of that out of what we make and maybe a little bit more because we can go into debt to do it. No, we want to use what God has blessed us with to live on. So our budget, our plan on using God's wealth well means that we're going to create a budget that allows us to give, to save, and to live on the rest. Now, today is going to be application day. We're going to take everything that we've kind of talked about and put it together because we need a new start. We need a new beginning. We need to say, hey, starting from here, this is a new start for us. Proverbs chapter 28, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 says, those who trust their own insight are foolish but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Those who trust their own insights are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. See, we've gotten ourselves lost because we've trusted our own insights. We thought we had a handle on everything. We thought we could manage it well. But God tells us that when we trust our own insights, when we trust our own instincts on stuff, we're going to end up being foolish most of the time because we can't see the big, big picture, right? It goes back to that parable Jesus taught about the rich man who had 
the abundant harvest. And he decides, what am I to do with this harvest? And so he chooses to tear down his barns and build bigger barns. But God says, hey, you're a fool because you're going to die tonight. And now who's going to get all this stuff? We act foolish when we trust our own insights because we don't have the bigger picture. We need to trust in God's wisdom and what he has called us to do. We need to trust in God. So now is the time to move forward in wisdom. Walk in the way of wisdom. And true wisdom, right, this is, this is, this is essential for us as Christians. True wisdom comes from God. God is the one that gives us wisdom. So we need, it's time for us to say, we're going to walk in wisdom. We're going to walk within the will of God, what he has called us to do. So to walk with wisdom, I think we need to make four decisions. In order to walk with, with wisdom, we need to make four decisions. And the first decision we need to make is we need to pray for contentment. Pray for contentment. A lack of contentment will lead us into trouble all the time. Because we're going to look. We're going to see what somebody else has. We're going to look and we're going to see an advertisement and think, man, that is the missing part of my life. That would just make my life so much easier. And we're going to spend our money foolishly. And we're going to get things that we really don't need. And the only way that we're going to get contentment is to ask God to give it to us. To learn to understand that when we have a relationship with God, we don't really need anything else. Paul talking to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if you have enough food and clothing, let us be content. You have a roof over your head, if you have clothes to wear, if you have food to eat, be content because God is with you in that space. God is there. You have that relationship with God. That in itself, Paul says, is great wealth. And remember, we have far more much we have far more stuff than Timothy ever dreamed of having. Be content with what God has given to you. Right? This is what we looked at last week. Paul told Timothy that great wealth was contentment plus our faith. That's what we need more than anything. It's contentment and our faith in God. The reason that it's great wealth is because we have God's promises. We have God, God's promise to provide for our needs, right? 
Matthew chapter six, verses, verse 33, that I read uh, earlier today. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We have a relationship with the God of the universe, the one who has created it all. Right? So when we are part of his kingdom, when we are his citizens, when we are his children, we can trust that he will provide for our needs. And what else do we need than that? We have God. And I know, I know, it's, it's easy for me to sit up here and say, and that's another thing to actually do. But that's why we need to pray for it. We need to pray that we have a contentment with God. That's where this all begins. Because if we do not have contentment, it is going to be so much harder to stay within our plan there's always going to be something that catches our eye that we want to spend our money on. So our first decision is that we need to pray for contentment. The second decision that we need to make is the decision to track our spending. We need to know what comes into our bank account and where it all goes. Because isn't that true? We all get to the end of the month and we're like, where did all my money go? What happened to it all? And so we need to track our money. We need to know, what exactly am I spending God's money on? What am I actually doing with it? It's God's money. And so am I really putting it to the best use? Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12 says this. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So this is why we, it's important for us to track things. It's one way that we keep ourselves accountable. Like, are we really making the best use of what God has given to us? Are we using it wisely? Or are we just letting it slip through our fingers as we do what we really want to do? Who are we really trusting in all of this? And so we track our spending. To be faithful with God's money starts by knowing who, not only whose money it is to begin with, but what it's being used for. And so this, again, requires this shift of our mind, realizing that our money is actually God's money. And he should have first say in how it's spent. Right? This is one of the th- ways that uh, separated the early church, the church that we read about in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, and, and following as the church got started. And, it, and, and Luke tells us that, that nobody within the church had any needs because they sold what they had. 
See, the early church coming out of their Jewish background had this understanding that it all belonged to God. And so if they had an extra coat, that wasn't their extra coat. It was God's coat. And so God should determine what should happen to it. If they had extra land or an extra house, it wasn't their extra house. It wasn't their extra land. It was God's extra land. And so God should be determined on how it should be used. And that's the shift in our mind that we need to make. It's all God's anyway. And we're to manage it. This is a spiritual issue, so we're asking God to help us be good stewards, to use his money well. So we need to see what comes in and where it goes. The third decision is that we need to get rid of dumb debt. Like, like this is a very Dave Ramsey thing to say, right? Get rid of your dumb debt. It's also a very countercultural way to live. Right? As Christians, we talk about being countercultural. You want to be countercultural? Then don't go into debt. Get rid of the debt that you have. Because we live in a culture where debt is a way of life. I mean, it starts with the government and goes on down. We have been taught that debt is going to be part of our lives. So you want to be countercultural? You want to be, live differently than the rest of the world? Here's a way. Don't go into debt and get rid of the debt that you have. Pay it off. See, debt becomes a way of life for us. It, it, it becomes our lifeline when emergencies happen. It's how we get what we want right now. But debt always ends up causing trouble. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, this is what Solomon wrote. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. So if we've borrowed money, if we've gone into debt, that makes us a servant to the one who has lent us the money. It means when we go to our job, we're earning money, right? For the person who's loaned it to us. We're not working for ourselves. We're not working for God. Even for God, we're in that moment, we're working for the person who has loaned us the money. They're the one in charge. And as Christians, we have, when we take on debt, we've signed a contract to pay that money back. And as followers of Jesus, we need to honor our contracts. We need to honor our word. And so we are recognizing, based on that fact, that the person who has lent us money has already spoken for whatever future money we might earn to pay them back. And so that's why Solomon is saying, don't go in to debt. The borrower is a servant to the lender. So consider that, remember that reality. 
So when we go into debt, what we're doing is that we are, uh, we're, and when we pay it back, we are paying future money for what we've already done, what we've already did, or what we've already purchased. So we're already saying these hours, this my life, this portion of my life in the future belongs to you. So the Bible consistently show, tells us and, and encourages us not to go into debt, not to take on debt. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Owe nothing to anyone. Pay your responsibilities. Pay your obligations. Don't go into debt where you have to pay this. Don't owe anybody anything. So that you're freed up to what? To love. Right? So when we go into debt, it hinders our ability to love our neighbor because we can't give generously because that money's already spoken for. So we want to get rid of dumb debt. As Christians, we should strive to owe money, not to owe money to other people. So we are freed up to love one another well. And the fourth and final decision we need to make is to create a budget that, again, this is the third week we've brought this up, that allows us to give, save, and live on on the rest. Because without a plan to guide us in our use of God's money, we will not be able to give generously and get out of debt. Because I know it's hard. We may have all the good intentions in the world, but without a good plan and without a commitment to stick to that plan, things are going to come up, and sooner or later, we're going to end up realizing, man, I'm not making very good use of this money that God has given to me. So we need to have a plan that will help us moving in the right direction rather than to fall back into our bad, previous bad habits. Ecclesiastes chapter two, Ecclesiastes chapter two, or chapter 10, verse two, says this. It's very similar to what what Solomon wrote in uh, Proverbs 28, 26. So, Ecclesiastes 10, 2 says this. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. To have a plan, a budget, is what, a wise, is what wise people have been doing for hundreds of years. Right? They, they've kept track of where their income goes, what comes in, what goes out. They have a plan on this is where I can spend this. and what, It's what the wise people have been doing for hundreds of years. And so if we want to follow the path of the wise, then we will create a plan, we'll create a budget that will help guide us. But if we're going to be foolish, we can just 
continue on, going with what we think is best, going down that wrong road. And so we have to make this commitment, this decision. We're going to have this plan, and we're going to stick with it. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And there are going to be times when we're going to miss out on doing things that other people are doing and buying things that other people are buying. But in the end, we, we endure that. We go through that because we know this is where God wants us to be. Because God is freeing this money up so it can be used for his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom to love other people well. Right? That that is the commandment that God gave us. And it, it needs to be the foundation of our entire worldview, our entire lives, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that commandment does not go away just because we're talking about money. Money needs to be used to love God and to love people. And the only way that we can do that on a consistent basis is to have a plan that allows us to give, to save, and to live on the rest. That's what we need to do. Now, I know there's a lot to take in here, right? And we all know that change, intentional change like this, doesn't happen easily. But here's a word of encouragement to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. A mistake is not an excuse to give up. So yeah, you've made a bad purchase. You took on more debt. But that doesn't mean all is lost. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean... Uh, it means you made a mistake. It means that in a moment you gave in to your desires rather than following God's will, right? And that's one of the reasons why we have this thing called grace and forgiveness. To remind us that when we fall, when we stumble, when we don't do things perfectly, God is there to forgive us, to help us, to continue to move us forward. Don't act like this is all on your shoulders to try to change and transform and try to be perfect because I will tell you right now, you won't be. None of us can. So realize like, hey, you're going to make mistakes. Things aren't going to go smoothly, and that's okay. That's part of life. It's a part of how we grow, right? We, transformation happens in our lives, not just because we made a decision, and then all of our other decisions following that one are perfect. No, transformation happens because we stumble and we fall and we get back up and we trust God and we keep on going in faith. And so here's this word of encouragement. Don't give up on this. You don't have to be lost financially. You don't have to have this significant financial pressure. We can live in a place where we are trusting God to provide for us where we can live in a place where we can be generous with what God has blessed us with, where we can be hospitable to those around us. We can get to that place. 
And so we trust God and we seek his grace and we seek his forgiveness and we seek his help. See, we're striving to be different people. We don't want to be like the 77% of other Americans who, who are lost financially, who have significant financial pressure, who are anxious about their financial situations. We want to be different. We want to be God's people. We want to live in a place where we are confident that he will provide for us. So let's keep moving forward, trusting God in the process. Here's the big idea this morning. To be good stewards of God's money, we need to make the decision to be different. That's what all these four decisions are about. The decision to be different. I'm going to live my life differently in the light of God's goodness and his grace and his love and his faithfulness. And so I'm going to pray for contentment. I'm going to track my spending. I'm going to be faithful to what God has given to me. I'm going to get out of debt, and I'm going to make a plan, a plan that allows me to give, to save, and to live on the rest. I'm going to trust in God with my finances, with my money. So our challenge is to take that first step. Well, maybe it's the second step. Really, the first step, I think, is just praying and asking God for contentment. Because without contentment, we're going to make bad decisions. But we're going to take that step to track our spending and create a budget. This is the foundation of being a good steward, of being faithful with what God has given to us, being able to attract, track it and account for it so that if God ever called us in, and did an audit, we'd be able to say, hey, this is what happened. This is where it went. This is what we can tell God, this is where my money went to. We don't have to be lost when it comes to our finances. If we listen to what Jesus has to say about money, we can be rescued, and we can come home and find that joy and that contentment that God wants us to have. Money is a spiritual issue. It's also a difficult one for many of us. When we talk about finances, when we talk about money, it can bring up worry and anxiety in us. I'm one of those people. And so I want to encourage you to keep moving forward in this process. Take it slow. Things aren't gonna change overnight. And trust God. He is going to provide for your needs. So pray and trust in him. I hope that you have a great week. I'll see you back here next week. God bless.